This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. Let's start the new year talking about something good. I know we need it. The latest COVID-19 spike gave us another anxiety-ridden holiday season, a deja vu we didn't need, but it was also a very wet holiday. It's been chilly and rainy in the Bay, but I have been reveling in it. The smell of wet cement, the crisp air. Sure, hiking has gotten pretty muddy, but how about those green hills? It was just a few months ago that it felt like the landscape was going to remain dry and yellow for a long time. California has been experiencing its wettest weeks in years after a historic two-year drought. Our reservoirs are getting a boost, and there was even record-breaking snowfall in the Sierra, over 16 feet in December, which promises helpful snow melt in the spring. In the past, just a few storms have brought California's previous droughts to an end, but have the most recent storms been big enough to be drought busters? Chronicle reporter Curtis Alexander writes about water, wildfire, and the climate, and he's here to give us the latest update. Curtis, thanks for joining me on Fifth and Mission. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. So, Curtis, we know there's been a lot of rain this month. It's felt really substantial and much, much needed. Can you tell me just how much of a dent has this recent rainfall made in the state's drought crisis? Yeah, these past few weeks have been really, really wet. And uh, as an aside, I would just say if we didn't desperately need this water, I would say I'm a bit tired of the rain already. But to answer your question, we are making our way out of the drought slowly. Um, I, I guess we have to keep in mind that we've had two extraordinarily dry years. In some parts of the state, it's been the driest two-year period in modern history. So while a week or two of rain is really helpful, after these dry years, there's still a big gap and a big water deficit. I've uh, spoken to some folks, some water experts at the State Department of Water Resources and the Public Policy Institute of California and elsewhere. And they seem to be in agreement that California probably needs about 140% to 150% of average precipitation this winter to start crawling out of the drought. That's a lot of water. I mean, we've seen big years like that. We saw that in 2017, uh, that happened in 1978, and those were both years in which wet winters pulled the state out of droughts. But uh, those kinds of years are few and far between. And I guess it would be a big ask now. Um, we'll just have to sort of wait and see what happens. So does it seem like we're going to have that kind of wet winter that we've had in the past, which has brought the region out of a drought? It's hard to say just because we're so early in the water year, or the wet season. We still have January, February, and March. And you know who knows what, what Mother Nature is going to bring. So what is the current state of our water reservoirs? And are there some water districts in the Bay Area that might be faring better than others? Well, across the state, most of our big reservoirs are still really, really low. If you look at Lake Shasta, which is the state's biggest reservoir, 
Um, last I checked, it was only about half as full as it usually is this time of year, which means there's a lot more room for rain and runoff to fill it. Lake Orville, which is the second largest reservoir, was about 70% of where it usually is this time of year. So there's a lot of space there too. These big reservoirs are important because even though they're a long way from the Bay Area and other population centers, um, a lot of the communities here and elsewhere get their water piped in from these places. As far as the local reservoirs go, there have been some success stories with the rain. I think one of the best is in Marin County where uh, the seven reservoirs at the foot of Mount Tam that served the communities there just a month or two ago were near empty. And over the past week or so, uh, they now have more water in them than they normally do this time of year. So big gains there. Um, I guess it's it's good in the sense that these are smaller reservoirs and they fill more quickly, but it is bad in the sense that uh, if things do turn again, um, they'll empty out a lot more quickly. Mm-hmm. And we know that California has this sort of extensive water system. It's a mix of local, state, and federal projects. So when it comes to understanding how far we are from drought recovery, what's sort of like the main key measurements or considerations that are looked at to determine how far out we are from recovering? You're right. It's um, it's pretty complicated in every, every community and water agency across the state, and there's thousands of them, gets their water a bit differently and have different sources of water. Um, some get it locally, some get it from far away. I think those that are going to do best to weather the drought and start to recover from drought are going to be those with the most robust sources, meaning they have like big reservoirs and access to water and maybe money to buy water from other water agencies that have surpluses. Also, if they have diverse portfolios, if for instance, um, a reservoir runs dry, they may have a vigorous stormwater capture system so they can turn to that uh, when it's dry out. And then I guess just finally, I'd say the communities that can conserve water and have become more resilient because of water efficiency measures and just conservation habits are going to fare better as well. So, Curtis, we know that there's also been a lot of snow in the Sierra. It even broke some snowfall records. But, you know, it, it's also caused a lot of road closures and stranded people in their homes in Tahoe. But does all this snow spell good news for the California snowpack, which I understand makes up a large portion of our state's fresh water supply? Yeah, it's been pretty crazy in the Sierra lately, hasn't it? I, I don't think I've seen Interstate 80 and Highway 50 closed for such long stretches over such long periods for a long time. And uh, yeah, the snow is super important, like you said. Um, about 30% of the state's water supply comes from snow. So it is really good. The snow is also really important because it provides water when the wet season comes to an end, when the rain is no longer refilling the rivers and reservoirs, the snow melt comes in and sort of sort of recharges the waterways and the storage in late spring and early summer. And that's when our water demand really peaks in California. And I guess finally, I'd say the snow is super important because of uh, it keeps the rivers, the rivers wet in the summertime, which is good for fish and wildlife and uh, helps moisten the landscape and tamp down the fire danger. You also recently reported that researchers have pointed out that the snowpack could disappear in 25 years. That would devastate the ski industry and so many other things. Is that still true? 
you think, in 25 years? You know, we're hearing about this, a lot of snow up there, but is that still a possibility? Yeah, more and more research has shown that as as temperatures warm, more of the snow that has fallen across the state is going to fall as rain. And that just makes common sense. Uh, the recent study that came out by Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory suggested that these periods of low to no snow could happen, like you said, within 25 years. And uh, while we will get some years that are extremely wet and cold, like this one so far, there's going to be far more dry years or just as many dry years that um, probably bring some of these scary scenarios that these studies talk about. Um, so it is going to become a problem in the future. And that snowpack that the state relies so heavily on just isn't going to be there. So water agencies are going to find themselves having to turn to recycled water or desalination or being forced to recharge aquifers and seek out more groundwater to make up for that lost snowmelt. More with Curtis Alexander after a quick break. He gives an update about California's state water project, which Bay Area water districts depend on, and what water conservation efforts should look like in the months to come. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And let's talk about the California State Water Project, which supplies water to farms and local communities all over the state. I know that Alameda County Water District gets about 40 percent of its water from it. And last month, you reported that the state anticipates virtually no water deliveries in the new year. In light of the recent rain, is that still true? And what would that mean for local water agencies? Alameda County does get a lot of its water from the State Water Project. So do several other water agencies in the East Bay and so does Santa Clara Valley Water, which is the wholesaler for San Jose, which serves a million people or more. Um, so a lot of people are very dependent on the state water project. Uh, that forecast was pretty grim that they're not going to deliver any water to these communities next year. I suspect that they may lighten up their forecast, maybe just a little bit, but in talking with state officials and uh, some of the local water suppliers, they're not going to let up much until a little bit later in the winter because uh, they're still a bit nervous about the supply. Um, so maybe a little bit, but um, not significantly at this point. So Governor Gavin Newsom hasn't yet put limits on statewide water use, only voluntary water restrictions for now. And some people have sort of critiqued his passive approach. Do you expect to see more restrictions or mandates in the new year? Most of the water agencies that I've spoken to have said that they fully intend to keep water restrictions in place next year, just because an average water year will still mean that we're in drought. We really need a lot more than an average water year. So Governor Newsom, as you pointed out, has not wanted to have a statewide water rationing policy like his predecessor, Governor Brown, did during the last drought, where everybody across the state was forced to cut back. However, the Newsom administration next month 
is planning to proceed with a policy that bans certain outdoor watering activities. These prohibitions will include such thing as watering within 48 hours of rain. You won't be allowed to hose down your driveway or sidewalk or patio. And these are just common sense measures, really. And I don't think that the state is going to abandon their plan to pursue this kind of policy. Mm -hmm. And how are such state restrictions enforced? Who oversees that kind of behavior? That's a really good question. I um, don't know how well they will be enforced. The state has the power to enforce them. Water agencies will have the power to enforce them. Even local police departments will have the power to enforce them. I think the real question is going to be whether or not people choose to enforce them. And in the past, when there's been these types of fines, most water agencies have chosen to write letters and give warnings a few times before people are actually fined. So, Curtis, are there local water districts that are taking conservation efforts into their own hands? And what does that look like? I think one of the more interesting places is in Marin County, where when the reservoirs got super low this fall and people were really scared about where they might get their water, there was a plan put in place to build a pipeline, an eight-mile pipeline across the Richmond-San Rafael Bridge. And uh, in order to do this, the district would have to put down about $100 million, which is about as much as the district spends in a year on its budget. And the district did it because it was an emergency measure that they felt like they needed to take. They put down $23 million. They're proceeding with that plan. But next month or in February, perhaps they'll have to decide whether they want to put down the balance on that $100 million project. And with all this rain and with their reservoirs filling up, there's going to be some pushback now to whether the district can really afford that. They may not need this pipeline now in the short term. Perhaps if the pipeline doesn't come in handy now, it's something that would serve them well in the future. So, Curtis, you are our newsroom drought expert in many ways. And what is one thing that you think Bay Area residents need to keep in mind as they think about conservation at the moment? We're all experiencing this recent rain, but what what shouldn't we forget? What I've heard from water efficiency managers is just be smart about your water use. You know, if it's raining outside, don't go out and water your garden or If you're in a community that doesn't have a lot of water, don't wash your car. Um, Just common sense measures. Um, I think we just need to keep in mind that the water we use is water that we're taking away from rivers and lakes and creeks, often very, very pristine places. And we certainly don't want to put more of a burden on these landscapes and see them drained if they don't need to be. Mm -hmm. Common sense measures. I like framing it that way. Curtis, thank you so much for helping us understand what we should think about with all this recent rain. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Curtis Alexander is a reporter at The Chronicle. You can find his coverage on the drought and other climate stories at sfchronicle.com or on The Chronicle app. The Chronicle has a drought map and tracker which gives updates on reservoir levels and restrictions for the Bay Area's largest water districts. Check it out now at sfchronicle.com slash water. Thanks to Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. 